I'm John Wesley Harding and this is the Cabinet of Wonders on NPR because the time is right for a little variety. When the children have been good, that is, be it understood good at mealtime, good at play, good all night and good all day, they shall have the pretty things this Cabinet of Wonders brings. But... Naughty, romping girls and boys who tear their clothes and make a noise, spoil their pinafores and sheets, and deserve no special treats such as these shall never yet enjoy this pretty cabinet. The door is locked. Your money is spent. May I present the cabinet, its contents and its discontents. Eugene Merman. Yeah. Colson Whitehead, Rick Moody from Ockerville River, Will Chef, it's Megan Riley, Carl Newman, AC Newman from the New Pornographers, and Britta and Dean, also known as Dean and Britta. They'll be back very shortly. Will you please welcome to the stage Mr. Rick Moody. Writer, musician. And Rick and I like to find songs to sing you. Rick will be reading tonight with music, but he's also going to be singing. And we like to find songs to sing you only with the greatest lyrics of all time. Lyrical complexity. That's what we're all about, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, lyrical complexity. <laughs> This is the second verse 
second verse, second verse, probably the last one. This is the chorus, or perhaps it's a bridge, or just a another the music of matching mold. And now we bring on our first act of the evening. Next in the dock, a Tennessee songbird with one of the sweetest voices you've ever heard. So sweet, in fact, that I wrote her some words. I rate her highly, oh really, oh Riley. Megan Riley is here tonight. Here's the song that Wes wrote. Yeah, it's called Old Man and the Bird, and in it, uh, one of us will assume one of the roles and the other person the other. <laughs> Sit at my window, pretty bird Sing and let your song be heard Maybe I'll write some words I'll sit at my window, pretty bad Give me food and drink, old man I can sing the way I am I am tired I don't understand Give me food and drink, old man Sit on my desk Pretty bird, sing and let your song be heard. I won't say another word or sit on my desk, pretty bird. I'm hungry and I cannot sing. I'm looking for a sign of spring. Just let me rest my head upon my wing. I'm thirsty and I cannot sing. cage pretty bird there's water there and lemon curd sing and let your song be heard or sit in this cage pretty bird thank you but I cannot stay the sky's dark clouds are gray oh I know I have to fly away thank you but I cannot stay but I'll sing you a little song
Megan Riley. Her new album's very beautiful and it's called The Well. It's time to let you stretch your legs and grab a cup of tea. When we return from the break, Will Chef of Ockerville River and writer Colson Whitehead will have finally finished hair and makeup. You've got to look your best after all when you're on NPR. Welcome back. I'm John Wesley Harding, and this is the Cabinet of Wonders on NPR, where words, music, and comedy find peace, love, and understanding, though they do occasionally find them a little funny. As someone extremely forthright said when dissing the scribes of today, I assure you I'd rather be quite dead than read what those hacks have to say. When I said, what about Colson Whitehead, he conceded and shouted, hooray! Ladies and gentlemen... Colson Whitehead. Howdy do. Saul Bellow once said uh, that fiction is the higher biography. In other words, fiction is payback on those who have wronged you. It took me a while for to me to understand this lesson, so instead of coming out with an autobiographical first novel. I came out with an autobiographical fourth novel, Sag Harbor. In this section, the protagonist is wrestling with the fact that new Coke has replaced old Coke. <laughs> I've been addicted to Coke for years, with a two or three can a day habit since the fifth grade. When my sister told me not to be so hyper, or my parents told me to knock it off, I vibrated with the strain of keeping still and wondered why nature had cursed me so. It wasn't until I was in high school that I discovered what caffeine was. My love for Coke went beyond mere buzz, however. How could one not be charmed by the effervescent joviality of, of a tall glass of the stuff? The manic activity of the bubbles, popping, reforming, popping anew, sliding up the inside the glass to freedom, as if the beverage were actually, miraculously caffeinated on itself. That tart first sip, preferably with ice knocking against the lips for an added sensory flourish, that stunned the brain into total recall of pleasure of all the Cokes consumed before and all those impending Cokes, the long line of satisfaction underpinning a life. What forgiveness for the supreme disappointment of a fountain Coke that had turned out to be fizzless and dead, or a lukewarm Coke that had been sitting for a while, falling away from its ideal temperature of 46.5 degrees Fahrenheit slash 8 degrees Celsius. All the bubbles fled so that it had become a useless mud of sugar, which is what new Coke tasted like, actually. I remember when I first heard they were changing the formula, April 23rd, 1985. <laughs> Within days, I had cornered the local market on Old Coke in a grid defined by 106th Street to the north, 96th to the south, and from Amsterdam to the river, buying up what I could from corner bodegas, the increasingly slick delis popping up on Broadway, and the assorted stationery stores of the hood. By the time new Coke started to appear, I was well prepared with a huge stash in my closet. A prayer against doomsday. 
I had no dreams of profiteering, of selling my stock at a dear price to aficionados when the day came that the people of Earth discovered the treasure they had destroyed. As if the cola were an exquisite lizard or spiny bivalve driven to extinction in our race's savage drive to ruin. No. I wanted it all to myself like an art thief who steals new descending a staircase or some key Picasso and hangs it on the wall of his own private gallery for his wicked and ingrown pleasure. At peace with the fact that the world is unaware of his activities and perhaps that's actually the point of the entire exercise. When I'd finished scurrying up and down the avenues and hauled my six-packs back to my lair, it seemed as though I had enough coke for a lifetime. But of course, it went fast. I couldn't keep my hands off the stuff. My parents had a party, and my mother asked if she could borrow a few cans for mixers. Borrow? How'd she even know about my stash? If she knew that, what else did she know? How could I answer but with a yes. What a horror it was to see all those half-finished cans strewn around the house. It was a battlefield, mine own Gettysburg. And I learned that day what it is to mourn as I heard the sad, exhausted hissing as I poured the remains down the sink. Thank you. Ladies and gentlemen, Colson Whitehead. What a glamorous night of golden glitter. You're glad you got a babysitter. Better than cleaning out kitty litter and staying at home and growing embittered. Time to Twitter. Here's a bitter Dean and Britta. Every 
And Britta, Townsman, cast your eyes on Merman. No Australian Bruce or warlike German of Russian stock, this comic, sir. Like Yakov Smirnoff, only funny. Yeah. Eugene Merman. Wes. It is great to be here. I get things delivered to a mailbox place on Fifth Avenue because I'm often not home, and they sign. Anyway, not important. What's important is whenever a package arrives, the man from the store calls me, and I pick up the phone, and he just goes, you have a small package. <laughs> and that's it. I can't tell if he knows he's pranking me. Look if he enjoys it. And then weirdly, depending on what I've ordered from Amazon, he'll be like, you have a medium package. And I'm like, that's fine. I could never tell if he gets how awesome it is that his job is to call strangers and politely mock their ding-dong. One thing that I very much do not like is when people on the street try to get money from me for a cause. Like, I'm not going to be like, oh my God, I'll give you $50. It sounds like the whales are very important. And I get really mad because also there's this like assumption that I've, I've done nothing helpful all week till they stopped me. I was at a costume shop. I was at Hollywood Adventure on 14th Street and I was walking downtown to a meeting and I had headphones on. I was listening to headphones and this lady starts flagging me down, like, like, like clearly I can't hear. So she's like waving like a ghost is tickling me and I don't like it. And I take off my headphones and I look at her because that's what polite people do. And she goes, are you a fan of the earth? I did not like that question. 
made me so mad. It made me just want to like set a whale on fire and not use it for heat. What I bought at the costume shop was a tear stick. It is like lipstick, but it is menthol. And uh, you put it on your eyes, and it burns your face, and it makes you cry. Like, a lot. You think people are good actors. No, someone's blown menthol in their face. No one's a very good actor. So as she was, like, looking at me, was like, are you a fan of the earth? I had taken the cap off and put menthol on my hand and went like this. And I looked at her, and as earnestly as I could... I was just like, no, not anymore, not since global warming. And then I just started crying. She was so confused because I clearly believed in global warming, but I thought it was something the earth did to people and it made me cry. I joined a CSA, I'm already helping the earth. All right. Good night. Eugene Merman. As for our next guest, there's a limerick. There's one limerick every show. This is today's one. There was once a man who was stone deaf. Music was just notes on a clef. But his cochleas quivered to Ockerville River. And now he hears, thanks to Will Sheff. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome to the stage, Will Sheff. All right, excellent. I too love it. Hot breath, rough skin, warm laughs, and smiling. The loveliest words whispered and meant. You like all these things But though you like all these things You love a stone Will you love a stone Because it's smooth And it's cold You love white veins You love hard gray The heaviest weight The clumsiest shape And the earthiest smell And the hollowest tone You love a stone And I'm found too fast Called too fond of flames Then I'm phoning my friends Then I'm sharing the blame 
Okay, you're pulling pebbles out of the train miles ago. And you're out singing songs while I'm down shouting names at the flickerless screen. And I'm going insane. Am I losing my cool, overstating my case? Well, sugar, what can I say? You know I never claimed that I was a stone. And you love a stone You love white veins You love hard gray The heaviest weight The clumsiest shape And the earthiest smell And the hollowest tone You love a stone And it's you love a stone Because it's dark And it's old Well if it could start feeling alive You'd stop living alone You know, I think I believe that if stones could dream, they dream of being laid side by side, piece by piece, and turned into a castle for some towering queen they're unable to know. And when that queen's daughter came of age, I believe she'd be lovely and stubborn and brave And suitors were churning from kingdoms away To make themselves known And I think that I know The bitter dismay of a lover who brought fresh bouquets every day when she turned him away to remember some name who once gave just one rose and it was one day and that was years ago Thank you guys. Thank you so much.
bringing David Nagler up. I've known David for a while, but this is the first time we've actually played together. I'm really excited about it. This is a song by a guy named David Ackles. This world's a lonely place to walk around in This world's a place where life is hard to spend But we can help each other live Everyone can give a simple word, the words that lift, be my friend. Some days you wake up feeling nothing but fear. Some days you wonder why God put you here And all at once Some little words What was that you heard While someone said From Gilead Be my friend This world may not be that much comfort to you This world may lose its touch of kindness too And who's to blame? Hell, can't you see? Thanks, guys. Ladies and gentlemen, that was Will Chef.
It's getting hot in here, but wait till Rick Moody and Carl Newman of the new pornographers have graced this stage. Breathe deep, maybe take a knee bend. It's all just ahead on the Cabinet of Wonders. Support for NPR comes from NPR member stations and the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation, dedicated to the idea that all people deserve the chance to live healthy, productive lives at gatesfoundation.org. The Wallace Foundation, a source of ideas for improving education and enrichment for children both in and out of school at wallacefoundation.org. And the Robert Wood Johnson Foundation, for 40 years working to improve health and healthcare on the web at rwjf.org. This is NPR. Hello again, I'm John Wesley Harding. This is the Cabinet of Wonders and the game's still on. I've just been on tour in the south of your beautiful country with Joe Panisse and Rick Moody. And Joe Panisse and I were listening in the front to a lot of the soft rock that we like a lot. And uh, we were listening particularly to Ned Doheny, to Dean Friedman. I think there was a little Steely Dan, perhaps some Chicago. I don't remember. But after about two hours of this incredible listening experience, I looked behind me to find that Rick Moody had actually slashed his writs and was dead in the back of the car. Um, I tweeted this fact to the world at large, and within half an hour, I got a reply from Dean Friedman himself, <laughs> writer of the hit song, Ariel. And uh, he said, I'm glad you're enjoying my music. So sorry to hear about Rick Moody. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen of the jury, judge ye not in haste or fury. His written words are so appealing. But what of his most private feelings? Does he love you? Does he hate you, moody by name or moody by nature? Ladies and gentlemen, friend of the cabinet, it's Mr. Rick Moody. Well, I've got a new book out. It's a collection of essays on music. And there's a 75-page assault on the drum machine. It's called Europe Forsake Your Drum Machines. And this is how it starts. Drummers of Europe, throw off your chains! For too long now, you've let the soot collect on your kits in the garage where you once kept a car. Many have been the days when you have happened through there and seen the kit under its plastic sheet or moldy, discolored blanket. Have you not wondered what it would sound like to busy yourself on the skins? Drummers of Europe, is it ever the philosophy of your continent to say a thing is lost and then to yield to that loss as though it were a virtue, as though nothing can be done to redress the situation? Drummers of Europe, don't go on this way. You might anew... At first, timidly apply your sticks and your brushes to the cymbals and toms. You might again attempt the impossible threes against fours. You might completely blow some maniacal fill as perfected on the recordings of jazz drummers of old. You might again annoy neighbors and passersby until late into the night. Drummers of Europe... Once there were jokes in profusion at your expense that you were always the least sophisticated member of the band. Your wife 
where your husband or your partner has told you that you are not a very good drummer, that you have trouble keeping time, that you are unable to avoid speeding up. Drummers of Europe, these things are no obstacle to what lies before you today. The restoration of Europe to its greatness in the matter of indigenous musics. If by indigenous music we are understood to mean simply music that is primarily made by human beings in a particular place and time, all attempting to play together. Drummers of Europe, they will, it is true, eject you from the clubs where they have grown decadent and somehow satisfied by the sight of a pair of guys twitching over laptops. They tolerate the predictable video projections on the jumbotron, but it is no matter if you are ejected from the raves. It is no matter if that one irritating acquaintance the one with the really foul breath and meth teeth attempts to make you believe that your time, drummers of Europe, is gone. Drummers of Europe, if it's necessary to be alone at first, practicing on the mattresses with well-worn sticks or on rubberized practice pads, then so be it. Drummers of Europe, even if you have sold the kit, borrow a plastic paint container or a garbage can to serve as both kick drum and snare. So be it, drummers of Europe. Your inability is your mastery. Your enthusiasm is all that's required. Remember, drummers of Europe, the wind that blows north from the Sahara. Remember the gypsies that moved across your plains. Drummers of Europe, look at your waves of immigration and consider how you are the greatest polyglot experiment. You are at the center of the world. What with all the music that is part of your ensemble now, the polyrhythms of Africa, the drones of Asian music, the klezmer music of your missing Hebraic minority, the reggae that's been exported back to you from former colonies. Drummers of Europe, this is all your legacy. All you have to do is take up your sticks. That day job you have in your contracting economy should be no impediment. Embrace your unprofessionalism. You can't deny it. You've never done anything in your life that's made you as happy as when you play. Those days need not be in the past, drummers of Europe. Those days may be at hand. Drummers of Europe, your time is now! Adam Gold on the drums. Rick Moody, welcome to his new direction. And this next guest. A joke that when I was ten made me laugh. I was going to buy you some pornography. Then I remembered you didn't have a pornograph. Here's a pornographer who has both. His songs are as sexy as Schumann's. A truly remarkable human. Please welcome to the stage, A.C. Newman. I'm going to do something brave. I'm going to do a song I've been working on currently. I think it's going to be real psychedelic when it's done. Let's try this.
Who's gonna save yourself from yesterday? I'll find the flames. Boy, save yourself while you expect the worst out button push. Title blank. You're gonna knock yourself out. Don't knock yourself out. Roots in the ground, provisional, invisible, you'll find To the naked eye, know what you love Precise millions above, will check you out If you can talk yourself down Talk yourself down Da-na-na-da-da-da-na You could get lost out here Lost out here You could get lost out here Lost out here Went to the woods And now we should have planned We understand Cause we see ourselves Said you'd be back No beaten track Could lose just what you choose But don't knock yourself out Don't knock yourself out You can get lost out here Lost out here You could get lost out here Lost out here You could get lost out here Lost out here Thank you. This one's a. It's a song I really love. What is this song? I learned it from Brian Ferry, but it's written by these guys named uh, Gallagher and Lyle. How nice to have you back again, Carl. Thanks. And congratulations on your baby. Thank you. Who is how old? He's nine weeks old. Nine weeks old. Wear my heart on my sleeve I'm not afraid To say what I mean Mean what I say Set myself up Let myself down I may be a fool Spread it around But I I just want to let you know Sometimes I Find it so hard Not to show 
so I sighed And I let my feelings show I wear my heart on the sleeve Don't count the cost I can't live enough And surely I'm lost I find you get burned Sometimes you get bruised But it's my life To do as I choose And I I just want to let you know Sometimes I Find it so hard not to show So I sigh Baby, you're not alone I wear my heart on my sleeve 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 And I I just want to let you know Sometimes I find it so hard not to show So I sigh Baby, you're not alone I wear my heart on the sleeve Wear your heart on your sleeve I wear my heart on my sleeve Wear your heart on your 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 sleeve back on the stage now. Our cabinet is now ended. These are actors, as I foretold you, were all spirits and are melted into air, thin air. And like the baseless fabric of this Vivian Westwood suit, the brilliant songs, the thought-provoking readings, the surly comics, the great city winery itself, yay, all which it inherits shall dissolve, and like this insubstantial pageant faded, leave not a guitar pick behind. We are such stuff as dreams are made on, and our little life is rounded with a sleep. Ladies and gentlemen, the cabinet is closed. <laughs> this is the song we like to finish with. 
Thank you so much for coming this evening. Singing a song in the morning, singing it again at night. I don't even know what I'm singing about, but it makes me feel I feel alright, yeah, yeah. It makes me feel I feel alright. Singing a song in the morning. Support for NPR comes from NPR member stations and Carnegie Corporation of New York, a foundation created to do what Andrew Carnegie called real and permanent good, celebrating 100 years of philanthropy. The William T. Grant Foundation, supporting research to improve the lives of young people, online at wtgrantfoundation.org. And the Skoll Foundation, supporting social entrepreneurs and their innovations to solve the world's most pressing problems at skoll.org. This is NPR.